and thank you for listening to The Way We Get By. I'm Liam. And I'm Tim. Liam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> you say the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. Do you? What's different than last time? How do you feel about today? What are you feeling today? Um, I am feeling good today. Awesome, awesome. It's Friday. No, Friday. Okay, we're going to get to the interview in a minute, but we did have one really cool thing that just literally just happened um, right as we were about to start this. Liam, can you share? Um, did you remember meeting this, this person um, while we were walking? Um, no. Okay. So, I'll, I'll, can I give the backstory that I hate? Mm-hmm. I know I'm always talking more than you, bud. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, there has been this chicken uh, loose in our neighborhood. We don't... Uh, it's been just random parts of... We, and so, some days, we'll go out and we'll kind of just walk. You know, it'll be a good excuse to go for a walk, but also look for this chicken. Um, we've had no luck, but neighbors are sending us pictures of it, walking around... Um, but it's just been kind of this fun thing in the neighborhood that we've been doing lately. It's just keeping up with where this chicken's at. Um, so we did that a few days ago, and as we're walking back home, um, despondent because we, were, we had no luck finding the chicken, uh, we meet a man, and he's got uh, two adorable French bulldogs that he's walking. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just hit up a conversation, and um, we find out that he, during this time, has been making a lot of bread. And so he's like, hey, do you guys want some bread? And we're like, heck yeah, we do. Oh, my goodness. And it's something that I've, I, that's one of the things that a lot of people are doing during this time is bread. <laughs> Yeast has been out of stock, you know. And, uh, but we have not. We've not made any bread. Anyways, so that was a few days ago. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really know how, you know, serious he was. Maybe he was just being kind and he'll get to it whenever he gets to it. But just a minute ago, he brought it to the door. It was really kind. Also, he b- totally buried the lead. He's also a chocolatier. And so he had chocolate in the bag, too. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you just tell us that? Like, I mean, well, I mean, bread's great. But anyways, we would totally get some uh, chocolate. Anyway, so, but he did include a little bit of chocolate, too. So anyways, that was a long, long story. But I just thought that was a kind of a neat moment. And just for it to happen right before this, I thought that was pretty cool. So anyways, today on the podcast, we had a wonderful interview. We spoke with Rebecca Kemp who is a nurse at a clinic um, in Clarkston, Georgia, just a, just about 10 or so miles outside of Atlanta. Um, you know, we talk about Clarkston a lot. So uh, we were just really excited to talk with her, what things look like now at the clinic because of COVID-19. So here it is, our interview with Rebecca Kemp. Today, our guest is Rebecca Kemp. Rebecca Kemp, how are you? Doing well on this Friday. How about you guys? We're doing good. Excellent. Good so, to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for, for doing this. Before we dive in too much, can we, could you like introduce yourself a little bit of background and also share about uh, uh, where you're working now and what all you're doing there? Absolutely. So I am a registered nurse and I work at, at a nonprofit community clinic in Clarkson, Georgia called Ethnic Clinic. I work as the practice administrator, and a little bit of background of Ethne is that it was started by six daughters, doctors, who all met kind of in residency, and they had a vision and a dream of coming together to to serve the refugees and those who were underserved and uninsured. That's awesome. And they started it about a year. 
year and a half ago, it was October 2018 was when they saw their first picture. Oh, wow. And when did you start working there? I started working there around their one-year anniversary in October 2019. Awesome, awesome. Are you now, so when you started working there, did you already kind of have a, an idea about um, the where they work in Clarkson, working with refugees? Did you already have kind of an idea of that background, or did you kind of dive in blind, not really knowing what was happening? I dove in a little bit blindly. <laughs> I had heard about Clarkson through my roommates and another mm -hmm. But the vast amount of ministry that is going on in Clarkson really was surprising to me. And there's wow. just so many people there who like to see the nations that have come to Atlanta and resettled there. And it's so cool to be a family and a community that come together to take care of those who have come to Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, it sounds like things are pretty, pretty busy for you. Yes, at the clinic a few weeks ago, on Friday and Saturday, we put together a community testing event for COVID-19, and we tested a total of 162 people. Oh my goodness, wow. And it took several churches and a couple of other nonprofits, other than the one I work for, and they, to come together to, to make it a good event. Awesome. So we awesome. were grateful for our friends coming together with us. Yeah. Well, so I, there's so many questions even from that I want to ask you. But before, can, <laughs> I guess, can you kind of, um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, how has your work been? Um, is it busier than before the, the coronavirus has started? Hmm. Well, we have pretty much completely changed how we do things at the clinic. Oh, wow. So we did have a break room in the back that has an outside door and kind of a sink and counter that was our break room because it also had a pantry and a closet. Well, that has been turned into our sick room because oh, wow. it has an exterior door. We have redone one of the patient rooms to be our break room. And right now we're not seeing anyone who's coming for checkups. We're only seeing sick patients. Now, they could be coming for, like, back pain, stomach pain, whatever they're coming for. We're only seeing people that are coming for problems. But we've been creative, and what we have done is we also will do telemedicine visits through FaceTime, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp with our normal patients who need, like, their three-month follow-up for medication refills and things like that. So we've, we've been creative and have used our technology as well with mm. doing some telemedicine visits, which has been fun because we've kind of gotten to connect with folks in a new way. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. Uh, so this this is kind of going back a little bit. Um, okay. So when you first you first shared about a week ago doing like a, a testing, uh, mm -hmm. can you share like, and this is only because I feel very ignorant and since testing is still <laughs> somewhat t difficult to... For it to happen, you know, it's not as wide ranging. What does that look like? What is, how long is the testing? How long does it take to get results? That sort of thing. Like how, what all goes into that day? So that day, first of all, it was, it was quite the operation. We had traffic directors <laughs> that would make sure because we were only screening people from three different zip codes. Because we were truly oh, okay. trying to get a picture of what's going on in Clarkson. Yeah. So that was the first 
kind of the first barricade, the first stop, was mm -hmm. we would make sure that they were from the correct area. And then if they were, they would go to where they would do a phone consultation in their car with our doctors. Our doctors mm -hmm. would call them on the phone. Wow. And if they had symptoms and how long they had had symptoms, such as cough, fever, some stomach symptoms, but mainly the cough and the fever, Yeah. then they would be sent my way and I would register them in their car. We had a lot of like hand motions. We had some signs because mm -hmm. we wanted to use their windows and the windshield as kind of a barrier. Yeah. We were all wearing masks, but of course taking that extra level of protection. So we would register them and then, but back actually a really cool part of it was as they were being okayed by our doctors to come through to be tested, we had another local nonprofit that donated three days worth of groceries for a family of six per car. Because once you're tested until you at least get the results, you have to be quarantined. Mm -hmm. And we knew, well, these people may not realize that when they're originally coming. And we don't want them going out to the store. Yeah. <laughs> we, so we had friends that provided three days worth of groceries for a family of six, which was so great. Wow. So then after they came to, we had three of us who were doing registration. So like we could have three cars being registered at a time. Then they would go through it and they would go to one of our other nurses at the clinic and a volunteer, and they were actually doing the actual testing, which is quite something because it's kind of like a pipe cleaner type of thing that is stuck up each nostril of your nose. And it does make you cry a little bit because it kind of goes far up to where it touches your tear duct mm. to get a good sample. Oh, wow. And then that goes in a tube and it gets sent to the lab, which we're using a lab called AIT out in Texas. And we get results. We've kind of gotten a really good system down for getting results. The results from the testing event came back. So the testing event was Friday and Saturday. And we were seeing oh, wow. the folks who were tested on Friday. Their results were coming back on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And then the folks who were tested on Saturday, we were seeing theirs on Wednesday and some on Thursday because we tested more people on Saturday than Friday because word had mm -hmm. gotten out in between when we had closed yeah. our shop on Friday and when we reopened on Saturday. Okay. Wow. And then we've been testing every afternoon at the clinic as well just because we're trying to be really good stewards of our personal protective equipment. Mm -hmm. And for those who are actually going out to do the testing there there's quite like a hazmat suit type of yeah, gear yeah. <laughs> that's going on for them to go out there to not you know have any of the virus on their clothes or of course not in their you know in their nose or mouth or anything so there's a lot that they have to wear so we've gotten to where we'll test people in their cars when they come to the clinic too oh, wow. like we'll register them do payment all that kind of stuff over the phone and then one of us will go out we have designated staff just mm -hmm. to go interact with the patients that are coming just because if somebody does come back positive and we need to test the staff member we can trace back exactly who yeah. needs to be tested and who was interacting with them which actually happened to me back when we were first doing testing i had interacted with somebody that tested positive so i had to be mm. tested for coronavirus myself and had oh, to man. be 
off of work for because I did I had a fever and I had to oh, be no. off of work for four or five days until the fever died down. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that man! Those events—they sound like a like an event. That's a huge. That's a big undertaking. Are are you planning it on was. doing more of those days, or was <laughs> that kind of a one-time off thing? <laughs> We've we've talked about it we know how many people that it takes to do that event and if we can get you know the army together again we might do it (laughs) again how has your life been after the coronavirus outbreak yeah i guess maybe it personally i guess and personally like in your life how have things changed well, the thing that I have missed the most is going to church every Sunday and gathering mm-hmm. together with everyone. Yeah. And it's been an adjustment. I'm grateful for the technology where we can live stream our church services. And my church, Church of the Apostles, is used to doing that anyway because mm-hmm. we live stream every week anyway, so that's nothing new. So they kind of are already up and running with that. But I really missed going to actually be with everyone and interacting Mm. and kind of the corporate worship. And then also last Sunday was, was really a different kind of Easter, especially Mm. for, for my family, because we usually gather together on Sunday afternoons for family lunch. And of course we couldn't do that. So we made use of FaceTime and stuff like that. But a really fun way that I was able to see my family last Friday was I was able to take some goodies to both my mom and dad who live in Woodstock. And we had about an hour long visit because, again, it was oh, perfect weather. Nice. Yeah. Out on their driveway, we were all kind of like a triangle, all standing <laughs> apart. And my mom's like, I just want to hug you. And my dad's going, Do you want coronavirus? <laughs> And I was able to also go visit my sister and her and my brother-in-law's two-year-old little nephew. My brother-in-law is actually, so probably the biggest way that this has impacted my family is my brother-in-law is in the military. Mm. And they have placed, he's in school for his promotion in Augusta. And they have on his base in Augusta, they have a 30-mile travel ban radius. Mm. So he's not able to come back and visit with my sister and their son. So I was able to go over. Oh, they man. had they were spending some time outside, and they live really close to my mom and dad. So I went over there, and we hung out on their driveway too. <laughs> so that was fun, just making use of the weather, getting to, yeah. getting to hang out with family on mm-hmm. on the driveway outside. <laughs> and that that's, was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I, another thought, just while you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, how like Facebook and other things you see, like people are like during this time since a lot more, you know, isolation, a lot more distancing, obviously uh, people taking up, you know, making bread or what, you know, just taking up hobbies. Is there any way like, I'm sure work is stressful outside of work are the things you're doing to find rest or respite or like just kind of a break from it all. Like any, anything you've been doing to kind of just not escape, that's not the right word, but kind of just get away a little bit (laughs) yes so three friends from church the three of us are all doing a we're meeting together weekly to do a virtual bible study Mm -hmm. so it's a bible study by a writer jen wilkin 
-hmm. And it's actually on creation, which is a really cool thing to be studying right now. So we'll all do the homework during the week at different points. So that's neat to come home after a long day at the clinic and just open up the, the scriptures and study and get prepared. And then we'll meet on Sunday night or Monday night, depending on how, you know, folks are as far as what they need to do for the week. Mm-hmm. The, the four of us will meet together on Zoom oh, and nice. have our group discussion and we'll watch the video from um, our friend Catherine, who is usually the group host. She'll share screen and we'll all watch the video together and then talk about cool. it. So it's like we're having a Bible study all from our own houses, <laughs> which yeah, is really cool. I loved it. Yeah, I've actually been somewhat surprised at how we've I've had occasionally some uh yeah, Zoom, you know, just things like that and how it's, it's not as, it works. Like it's not that, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's been, it's been better than I've anticipated. <laughs> Cause I'm very, here. I'm very social. I like I, personal reaction being with groups and mm-hmm. Zoom, it's, it's still, it's been, it's obviously it's not the same thing, but it's not um, too far off, I guess. I don't know. It's been, yeah. it's been nice. Yeah. But the technology has been good to be able to make use of mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah, for sure. Are there ways people who are listening that may not know about Ethne, if they can, like uh, ways they can uh, either like just read more about what you guys are doing or even connect somehow, find, you know, ways of volunteering, other ways to like reach out? Ah, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. That is a big question. So the biggest thing is because Ethne is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. The biggest way to get involved, especially right now, is through financial donations which you can do on our on our website, which is ethnehealth.org. Awesome. And I can send you that link. And that way folks can go on because we made the testing event two weekends ago. It was free of charge for everybody. Mm-hmm. But so, of course, somebody's got to pay for those hundred yeah, yeah. <laughs> tests. And they're not yeah. cheap. So we are in the process right now of raising funds to finish mm-hmm. paying for that. And also just for normal clinic operations, because we have decreased in volume and are mainly just seeing patients who are coming for testing as well as them, other folks coming with other concerns. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So donations, yep, financial donations is the biggest thing right now. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for all that you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you. It's it's quite a, a time to be in healthcare, and especially at a nonprofit clinic. So mm-hmm. it's... It's been a good, it's been a good way to be involved. So that was the interview with Rebecca Kemp. So Liam, how how'd everything go? How'd you like that? It was good. It was uh, some really really great information to have. Also, she did pass along um, links to contact if you want to reach out and support them. Ethnehealth.org, e t h n e health.org. Be sure to check them out. That's going to be it for us this time around. Liam, why don't you take us out with our four goals of the COVID-19 pandemic. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Don't get infected. And love your neighbor.